This is Healing Justice, a podcast bridging conversations at the intersections of collective healing and social change. I'm your host, Kate Werning, and each week we share a conversation with a powerful leader and an accompanying audio practice to help resource you in your leadership and the well-being of you and your people. You're joining us for what I think will be the final practice of our first season of the podcast. Oh my goodness. Don't worry, you will not be left alone because we have recorded 33 practices here and I know y'all haven't tried all of them and you're not even supposed to try all of them. So I know that was a tone of a little bit of judginess in my voice, but it's not actually judgy because 33 practices is actually too many practices, right? And you probably have stuff you already do too. So the point is that this is a supportive library of options, not that you have to do all of them, but hey, There's a lot of stuff here, so we're not leaving you hanging for the summer. You can go back and check things out and revisit them and repeat them, which is what makes it practice anyway. But because I do feel a little bittersweet about this summer break that we're taking, I invite you to stay in touch with us via our email list. You can find it at healingjustice.org. There's a pink kind of salmon colored button right in the middle of the page where you can click to sign up for the email list. If you join us there, that's the most direct way for us to stay in relationship and we'll have some goodies that we share kind of periodically during the season break with our email list. So I recommend you join us there just so we can stay in relationship even when there isn't constant audio publishing on your feed. So check that out at healingjustice.org. And if there's gotta be a last practice of the season, I couldn't be happier to be welcoming uh, the Mystic Soul Project for the last part of our three-part series uh, in collaboration on the podcast. Mystic Soul creates spaces that center the voices, teaching, practices, and wisdom of people of color at the intersections of mysticism, activism, and healing. You can learn more at mysticsoulproject.com. And in this practice, Cecilia Lee and Alexis Francisco of Mystic Soul are leading us in centering prayer. This is one that you can do as an individual or in a community, and you're going to be able to practice along with the recording. It's not training you to do it at another time, so uh, make sure you carve out a little space. You could do it on the go, um, or you could make some space for yourself in a place where you know you can uh, be undisturbed and just sort of dive into the contemplative practice with some spaciousness around you. Cecilia Lee, who's joining us, is an organizer, a trainer, and a contemplative practitioner that currently works with Momentum, which is a training institute and movement incubator. And Alexis Francisco is an organizer, an educator, and currently serves as an assistant pastor at New Day United Methodist Church in the Bronx, New York. They are both board members of Mystic Soul and contemplative practitioners, as well as badass leaders for change. So let's dive into practice with them. Here we go. This is Alexis Francisco. And I'm Cecilia Lee. And we're with the Mystic Soul Project. Today we're offering the practice of centering prayer, which is a form of contemplative meditation that is rooted in the Christian tradition. 
We'll be offering some context and leading a guided practice that you can use as an individual, but that can also support you in pulling together a centering prayer practice groups in your community. You'll hear us use the language of God as we move through this practice, but we invite you to feel free to replace this with higher power, ground of being, flow, spirit, or whatever language resonates with your experience of the divine. And to me, what's really central about this practice is that it's a constant practice of letting go in a subtle but powerful reorienting way. As organizers and movement builders, it's important to be oriented to building the most powerful movements that we can. It's what our integrity requires. But there are also a million factors that we can't track or control that have an immense impact on the work that we do, like shifting political conditions or our own limitations as leaders. And so to do our work well requires uh, immense strategic planning and also a practice of surrender. And that's what this is really about. How can we get our egos out of the way? And how can we let go of the things that set us off or get us stuck or become distractions in the work that we're trying to do? And how can clearing these allow for a deeper connection to the flow of the spirit, knowing that movement building is deeply spiritual work? This is a practice that's been very central to my faith journey for a number of years. It's been central to my journey of healing to my identity as a Christian, to the ways in which my spiritual identity is expanding inside of and beyond um, the boundaries of that identity, and to the spaces that I create at the church where I serve as pastor in the Bronx. I came to the practice along the long and windy road that led me back to the church, actually. I spent a significant amount of time away from Christianity, exploring ways to connect with the divine and other traditions, Meditation in the Buddhist traditions was deeply transformative for me in my mid-20s. And after a new uh, reintroduction to Christ and to the Christian gospel and new visions of what was possible inside of church um, at New Day Church, where I now serve, I developed a personal passion for exploring whether meditation was actually as foreign to the Christian tradition as I'd been taught to think that it was. I encountered the work of Father Richard Rohr, who led me to Thomas Merton and eventually to Thomas Keating and the discovery of the Centering Prayer Practice. And for a little bit of history uh, about Centering Prayer, this practice was created by Trappist monks in fairly recent history, and it draws on a really rich lineage of Christian mysticism, particularly in the Catholic tradition in Europe, through St. John of the Cross and Teresa of Avila. But primary among these historical lineages and something that's really important for us to name at Mystic Soul Project is that this comes out of a black tradition of the desert fathers and mothers. These are religious communities of African Christians in the first century of Christianity who sought to build alternative communities outside of empire, who refused to be ruled and corrupted by the lies and compulsions of the world and sought a lifestyle devoted to freedom in Christ and the practices that would support them in living into that. And though this practice has a really clear lineage and is deeply rooted in the Christian mystical tradition, it's also important to name its influence from the Buddhist meditation practices and mindfulness practices. Another thing that's powerful about this practice is that it can bring us face to face with, our, with the false self. Thomas Keating talks about it as opening us up to divine therapy. And so this false self is this persona that we develop, that we all develop in order to cope with the emotional traumas of early life. 
which can shape our patterns for survival and the addictive ways of finding short-term happiness and gratification that actually alienate us from our true selves and from the experience of God's presence within. And centering prayer can be a way to step out of this cycle of conditioned reactions. Uh, you know, the inner narratives and judgments that we hold and the compulsive pulls of attraction or aversion that can sometimes feel almost addictive. Right. And this is particularly important for people of color living in the U.S. empire. For those of us coming from contexts of colonialism or recognizing the force of coloniality inherent to being a person of color in the U.S., the Centering Prayer practice offers us a way to interrupt the ways our minds have been colonized, the ways we've been conditioned to believe lies about ourselves and our people, and to invite us into a process of releasing that. Those false selves are often woven through and through with lies that white dominant culture has fed us about our lives, about our bodies, our people, and our traditions, even about who God is and who God isn't. And for organizers, this practice is important because it can make us more aware of our real motivations underneath things. Uh, it can help us become aware of when we're acting out of uh, our reactions, our conditioning, and not deeply rooted in our commitments to what we're actually trying to accomplish in the world. And it can also help us open up to uh, becoming bigger in ourselves and also open us up to what's really possible. So what is Centering Prayer? It's a process through which we practice opening our hearts and minds and bodies, our whole beings to God or to the ultimate mystery, this presence that's beyond words or thoughts or emotions. And so what we want to do now is offer very simple basic instructions uh, first, and then we'll guide, uh, we'll guide you through a time of practice. So the basic instructions are these. It's four simple steps. I will go through them one by one and then do a quick review before we go into the practice. Step one, choose an anchor for your practice or a sacred word. This should be a short one word that reflects a name or element of the divine that can bring you back to a posture of openness and receptivity. This can be the word God or whatever name you use to refer to the divine. It can be something like love, trust, flow. We aren't engaging with the meaning of the word as much as using it to bring us back to the moment. If you like, you can also practice with the breath. Step two, come to a seated position with eyes closed and take a few deep breaths. When you're ready, silently introduce your sacred word as a symbol of God's presence and action in this moment. Step three, when you notice yourself get pulled away by thinking, and you will undoubtedly get pulled away by reviewing something that happened before or rehearsing something that you're going to do later or talking to yourself about something, whenever you notice that's happened, just gently, very gently return to your sacred word as a gesture of consent to the action and presence of God in this moment. And last step four, at the end of the time that you've allotted for your time of prayer, rest in stillness for a few minutes before transitioning into your next activity. 
If it's helpful for you in your practice, one metaphor that's been supportive to me is a metaphor of boats on a river, where the river is your consciousness and the boats are your emotions and thoughts and feelings floating on top. Some of these might be just little ones like kayaks and some might be massive cargo ships of baggage with tons of emotions loaded in there. And in your practice, imagine yourself as a scuba diver. You're diving underneath the surface of the river and finding a rock at the bottom of the river to sit on. And that's where you're consenting to God's presence. And above you, just let all the boats flow past you on the river. It's okay that they're coming and going. It's okay that you're watching them. The point is to stay there on the rock and let them float by. And the temptation is to float up to the surface of the river, uh, seeing how you know, interesting that boat might be and climbing on top and floating away. And so this practice is really about watching those float by and staying present to the work of God and to your, to your own sense of presence. Beautiful. So quick review of the four steps. Choose an anchor or sacred word for your practice. Come to a seated position with eyes closed. And after a few breaths, silently introduce the word as a symbol of God's presence and action in this moment. Three, when you notice yourself get pulled away by thinking, gently let go and return to your sacred word as a gesture of consent. And four, at the end of the time you've allotted for your prayer time, rest in stillness for a few minutes before transitioning into your next activity. So now we'll move into a time of practice. It'll be mostly silent, but you'll hear me and Sissia throughout this time intermittently offering a few guiding words. So we'll begin step one, choosing an anchor or sacred word for our practice. Choose a word that will reflect a name or element of the divine that can bring you back to a posture of openness and receptivity. Don't overthink it. Whatever comes to mind is fine. This will serve as your touch point to come back to when you notice yourself get pulled away. Find a comfortable seated position. Close your eyes. And just allow your breathing to become natural as you take your seat for this time of practice. When you're ready, go ahead and introduce your sacred word as a gesture of consent to God's presence and action in this moment. Speaking it silently to yourself, just one time, no need to repeat it to yourself endlessly. It's just going to be your touch point, a place to return to when you notice yourself get pulled away.
when you notice yourself thinking or revisiting something from the past, fantasizing about the future, let that be okay. And very gently come back to the sacred word that you've chosen as a gesture of consent to God's presence and action in this moment. Just for this time, make a choice not to climb on board and come back to your sacred word as a gesture of opening, of consenting to the mystery of the divine presence in this moment. begin to get ready to end our practice, go ahead and let go of your sacred word and just rest in the stillness of your breath. Recognizing there's nothing to do and nothing to be, that we can always rest in the stillness of pure presence. You're welcome to close the practice in a spoken prayer if you feel moved to that or whatever gesture of acknowledgement or gratitude to yourself, to the divine, to those you're in community with, to those who you fight for. Feel free to close your practice in whatever way feels right for you. ready, go ahead and open your eyes.
thanks for doing this practice with us. We hope it's useful to you as an individual in your inner journey or if you lead a group through this practice. If it is, we'd really love to hear about it. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you to Cecilia Lee and Alexis Francisco for sharing that practice with us. You can download the corresponding conversation with Alexis, Cecilia, and Teresa Pimateus about contemplative activism uh, by looking at the episode just before this one in your podcast app. You can also listen to the two previous episodes that we did in collaboration with Mystic Soul and check out those corresponding practices. The episode sets are number 26, uh, talking about people of color-centered spirituality, and episode 29, talking about indigenous reclamation. As I mentioned earlier, we're hoping that you'll stay in touch with us over our summer break by signing up for our email list, which you can find at healingjustice.org. And also, if you feel moved to give an offering in reciprocity for the practices we're offering here, uh, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash healingjustice. And in particular, right now, we are raising money in order to be able to send gifts of appreciation to everyone who has contributed to this first season of the podcast as a volunteer giving their labor and as a guest coming on to share practices and wisdom with you. If you think back to some of the folks uh, from places like Black Youth Project 100, um, Healing and Resistance, doing work in Arizona with immigrants, um, thinking about the folks who came on from the Relational Center and Relational Uprising, talking about undoing the culture of individualism. There are just so many incredible, incredible people who joined us this season, and we would love to send them a small token of appreciation uh, on behalf of our community. So if you can give at patreon.com slash healingjustice, please do and support us in that effort. You can stay in touch with us over the summer on social media also, on Instagram at Healing Justice, and of course on Facebook and on Twitter. And a big thank you to Blake Chastain of Exvangelical Podcast for doing the content editing of this episode, and Zach Meyer at The Coal Room in Milwaukee for mixing and production. Thank you for your steadfast commitment to what it takes to do the inner work that is so necessary to building the movements and communities and world that we all deserve. Hear you again soon.